Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. All right. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. Scott Branson, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio are with you. We were talking about Antonio Pierce. Uh, Murph still believes that, hey, there's a good shot, and he, he hasn't lost belief that Antonio Pierce could be the head coach. Uh, pointing out, and I think 100% agree, Bohart agree, not calling a great game. Uh, I do, though, go back to what you said, Murph, and I agree on this, too which is when you're the CEO, you're the CEO. So if if the marketing, if the CMO isn't doing well and you're not bringing in leads, uh, ultimately it's going to be the CEO's issue. So you have to figure that out. Now, Bo Hardigree, remember, I'm not saying he's doing well. He had no experience. He'd never played calls. He never called plays in his life. Okay, not making excuses. I'm just stating the fact. But if you look at Antonio Pierce, here's the question, and, and you bring up a valid question, which is, if you're okay with the Raiders hiring their permanent coach moving forward, and if it's Antonio Pierce, as, as you put it, learning on the job. If mm-hmm. you want somebody to learn on the job, like, for example, I get on a flight down to Nashville on American Airlines and the pilot's learning on the job. I feel really comfortable with that. No, I'm just kidding. I know I'm making an extreme example just to make it funny. But, but my point is, my point is, you're going to have that, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. Like, so if if I'm the Raiders and I say, "Hey, we we can't, we're not going to spend money on a coach. What we're going to do is we're going to develop internally from our folks," and I would be okay with that. But I think if you do that, then to me, the direction of the franchise is you tear it down again. You say goodbye to Devonte Adams. You say goodbye to some of these guys because you're not going to win. You're just not going to be able to get to that next level. Now. You can go hire a coach from the outside and the same result can happen. I'm not saying there's any guarantees because there's not. But I do think that it, it takes time. You're right. You're absolutely right. And what we've seen when Josh McDaniels got fired, do you remember what the record was? Three and five, correct? Yep. So Antonio Pierce has a one-game advantage on Josh McDaniels this year from a, from a winning from win-loss perspective. He's lost three in a row now. And in those three losses, the offense can't get going. Now, if that's Bo Hardigree, great. So then Antonio Pierce as the head coach has got to do something. You got to do something. You can't just, okay, just keep going, keep going. You can't do that. You have to figure out something. And I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl team, but what I am saying is you have to make progress. Like, for example, I made fun of people who two weeks ago wanted Jimmy Garoppolo in the game when they know O'Connell was struggling. In this game, late in the game, I might have done it. You know why? Because look what Minnesota did. I mean, that's Nick Mullins. He's... Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably. I don't know. But what I'm saying, though, is at that point, you don't use the backup quarterback to 
to tell the young rookie that he's, you know, that he's not going to start again. No, you just say, hey, listen, dude, it's not going well today. Everybody's got bad days. We're going to put Jimmy in, see if he can get a spot. Right? As much as that pains me to say that. Right? As much as it pains me to say that. So I think that's the world. That, that's how I look. And again, I respect your opinion, Murphy. You know, I always do. Uh, but at the same time, I just, man, I would be, I would feel really risky. Feel It would be really risky to me to have Antonio Pierce be your head coach uh, and learning on the job. That's not to begrudge him. I'm just saying, I, I don't think I would do that. Well, putting in Nick Mullins was a no-brainer because he's a Raider killer. I mean, we, we, we've seen that before, Raider Nation. I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't want to downplay the the reality of PTSD, but man, we got we got PTSD as Raider fans when it comes to Nick Mullins. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, Scott, and I, I I liked your 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 point there about how if you if you do decide that you're going to leave, leave Antonio Pearson to learn on the job, I don't think as much it's it's not as much on the job training because he's not going to be the X's and O's guy, and that's why I got to keep leaning into. It, it, can he develop and maintain and foster a healthy? organization and i think that answer is yes i I, despite the win and loss and the the success level i think that question has been answered so then if that's the case can you bring in then you know pieces around you you know to use the you know like you're talking about running a business can you bring in a cfo can you bring in a coo can you bring in those other pieces around you to, to actually have the hands on and run that business. And I think that answer is yes. And, and I, and does he deserve that? Not don't say deserve. We don't, none of us deserve anything. Is, is it to this point? Is he at least, you know, qualified for that? I think so. And, and so if that's the case, I would well, love Murph, 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 let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Right. What, why is he qualified? Because here's the thing that I think that, that a lot of times it gets lost on and I'm not picking on you per se, oh, but yeah, you're sure. a member of the media that's that's, sure. that's represented here. There's something very unique about being a Raider. And there's something about unique about being a Raider head coach. There's something unique about being a Raiders owner. There's something unique about being a Raiders player and a fan. And frankly, there is something very unique about Antonio Pierce and he gets it. And there is a very specific mystique about being a Raider. And when you he's able to embrace that and exemplify that and to share that vision with those that come in and wear the silver and black, I think that is an incredibly important thing that he is not only able to do, but it is an essential to being a Raiders. The reason the Raiders embrace their alumni more than any other team in the history of the NFL, the Raiders and their connection to the alumni of this football team is so unique and special. We had Lincoln Kennedy on our show not that long ago and talked to him and asked him about that idea, about having somebody that's a Raider, quote, being the head coach. And he said, everything the Raiders do is unique to their own except play football. And I, so I think that's an essential point to being a coach of the Raiders. We've brought plenty of people in that have resumes and all these things that, that the bona fides to justify them being a head coach in the league and all of them failed. But there was, you know what I'm saying? So I think that if, if we're going to, you know, Al Davis took a shot on a lot of different head coaches and he hit on a, on a few and he missed on a ton. 
But the ones that he hit on, there was a little bit of a flyer taken. And I'm just saying, if we're going to take a flyer, if we're going to take any sort of a risk with an opportunity of a hire, let's bring in the guy that freaking gets the idea of the, the, the what this organization represents. And I know that then that may be just a crazy ass fan thing. And, and I get it that like folks like you can look at this thing objectively and from a, a distant view and have a different perspective. And I respect it. And so maybe it's my silver and black heart, you know, beating through my chest and Nothing coming out with that words. But I think that's really it, it really is important. And I'm not talking about like, oh, just bring in a, a player's coach, because there's been other examples where, you know, Joe Bugle, for crying out loud, was a player's <laughs> coach, but he wasn't a Raider. And I think that there's something incredibly important about that. And so if you have somebody at the helm that's a, a Raider and is leading this organization along with Champ Kelly and Sandra Douglas Morgan and, of course, Mark Davis, and then you surround him with pieces, you surround him with people that have innovative approaches to, you know, to, to play calling and to developing talent and all that. That's where the freaking work happens. When we talk to, to former players, they will tell you all the time, the head coaches are not responsible for coaching them up. It's not, it's not what it is. It's the position coaches, it's the coordinators. Those are the guys that are responsible for the development of talent, the recruitment of talent, the drafting, all that stuff. It all comes from the, the guys on the ground. So all you need at the top, you got to have a solid leader, somebody like, again, and that's where I, I think Antonio Pierce has got it. When you look at someone like, look at the freaking Eagles for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Look at the way, look at the way that they're structured. They have amazing coordinators underneath them. And, 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 there and there are plenty of other other you know examples of that around the NFL when you look at the most successful teams that the the head coach isn't calling plays defensively or offensively he's managing the organization and right. managing right. the players it, it, that where Scott that's where I just I gotta lean no, into that I understand I, I totally understand that but there's there's a couple questions there too and and I, and, I, and I don't disagree I listen when I when I worked at UNLV I used to get mad because I worked in the athletic department. And jobs would come up and they would always hire people from these other schools. I'm like, why aren't you hiring your own people? Like these, these people went to school here. They care about it more than those people do. It's just a job to them. So, so I understand that piece of it. It's very natural. And I think uh, the, that loyalty and that feeling of it, because you care about it, uh, especially like an organization like the Raiders, even if you're a fan or you're a former player, or former executive, whatever, I get that. But the issue there to me, you mentioned Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, which is a good one. Uh, he was his coordinator. He had experience running offense or defense, right? So, and, and so he he ran that. So from that perspective, he's X's O. He's not, he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know the offense, right? So Antonio, Antonio Pierce is a defensive guy. So could he play call on the defense? Probably. He's just a position coach before, but he could, right? Because he knows defense. He's a, he's a former linebacker in the NFL. He's got a Super Bowl ring for Christ's sake, right? So I get that and I, and I totally agree with it. But again, I think it goes back to the point we were making earlier, which is, do you want to risk that? Because I will go back, and I agree with you. Al Davis, loyal guy, would give people opportunities, no question. That's what made the Raider organization so unique, because he didn't care. He just wanted to get the best people he could. He, he loved loyalty. At the same time, his mantra was what? Just win, baby. So, so is it about, do you, think, do you think the Raiders can win a Super Bowl in two years with Antonio Pierce? Maybe, maybe. Can he bring, will he attract, if I'm a young coach and I want to find my next job, which is the next step to being the next step, which is becoming a head coach. So I want to get an offensive coordinator. Like we're talking about that since the Raiders situation is so bad. So I want to be an offensive coordinator. Would I come play for Antonio Pierce, who's, and I don't, 
learning on the job or who is new to a head coaching role. And would I put my faith in him? Maybe. Depends where you are and who you are. But would you get top coaches? Maybe Champ Kelly could do that. Maybe Champ Kelly could recruit them and say, hey, come on. So I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just think that if you look at it right now, my position would be he hasn't earned it yet, okay, because he's losing. That's it's, it's, It's a win or loss game. Now, does that mean you get rid of him completely from the organization? No, of course not. I've seen a lot of people today talk about uh, the fact that, hey, if, if, if he doesn't get the job, try to retain him. And I think probably they would, right? Players love him. <clears throat> makes a lot of sense and all, and all that stuff. So, so I think it's, it's, it, it is, there is so many nuances to it, Murph, and you brought up some really good ones that I think are valid. The, the, the piece about being a Raider. But I will tell you, I, I'm going to put on my cold, independent, objective hat for a second. Okay. I'll twist it a little bit here. And that is because you like somebody and they're a good person does not mean they're best for the job, right? So I'm pretty sure I would not be a good doctor. I'm pretty sure of it. Just saying. But I did deliver my daughter. So anyway, but I would say, (laughs) I would say that that's the point. So I think you get to the end of the process. Now, if the Raiders go to interview coaches, especially, because I do think there's no question he deserves an interview and should be interviewed. When they get to the candidates, Murph, if if he by far is the best candidate they interview, then give him the job. Uh, if there are other coaches that have have more experience or whatnot, they would have to consider them, right? I I, I can't imagine they wouldn't. But uh, my concern is just that learning on the job thing. But again, I don't have the emotional tie you do, so I understand that and I respect it. Well, and, and and thank you for saying that. And and yeah, and I and listen, and I don't, and not that that you would are asking for it, but I don't apologize for it. I mean, that's you should. You, should. you know what I mean? This uh, I, I I got long sleeves on, so I can't pull up my shirt. But like, hey, I got this ain't gonna <laughs> freaking come off, man. Like this house doesn't redecorate itself, and I'm not changing my clothes, man. Like this silver and black thing runs deep, and it will run for life. I mean, it's Raider Nation for life, you know, and and that'll never change. Um, and and you know and something that you and Mo talked about, about letting, and I feel like while we're talking about is Antonio Pierce tonight, but let me, let me say this Raider nation. What else are we going to talk about? We ain't talking about the playoffs, right? You want to, <laughs> you want to break down the draft. You know what I mean? You want to break down Colton Miller being out of the game. You want to break down Marcus Epps, you know, laying into Justin <laughs> Jefferson, taking him out. I mean, whatever. You guys watch the same game we do. So let's talk about some high level stuff about where this team's going to go because that's what's really important. Because what happened for yeah. the last three hours before we got on the air was pretty freaking boring for crying out loud. Um, so let's, you know, so I do like this, uh, the spirit of this discussion uh, much, much more. And so, anyway, so you and Scott were, or you and Scott, you and Mo were talking about, uh, you know, crowning him today. And even still, as much as I just gave an impassioned plea for the in an endorsement of this guy, yeah. I'm still not convinced that he's the the, the choice. And I oh, do yeah. definitely think that it 100% should he be part of the interview process, regardless of win-loss record? Yes. Do I also think that they should be interviewing a bunch of other people? Absolutely, yes. And so if the Raiders go 0-5 in this final five stretch, and now we're already 0-1, you know, heading out of it, if, if there's not some incredible performances that happen, clearly the playoffs aren't going to be on the table for us. There's not an automatic crowning of Antonio Pierce as the, as the head coach. No, and you haven't said that. You haven't said that. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely think that there needs to be something to that. 
and should. And we'll see what the candidates are. You know, before we finally fired Josh McDaniels, which took about, you know, six too many weeks to, to happen, um, I was I was hollering for Jeff Ulbrich, you know, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, who I was a, you know, shout out Live Oak High School in San Jose represent. I mean, he's a hometown guy for me and 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 somebody that I really thought was would, would be an excellent head coach candidate, he, much in the spirit of like a of Robert Sala, uh, Dan Campbell kind of thing. But then the, then when Antonio Pierce emerged and no one was calling for him, listen, Raider Nation, and if you're, if you're out there and you're thinking that, oh, I was saying Antonio Pierce the whole time, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Nobody <laughs> was saying Antonio Pierce. Nobody was. Until he showed up as the head coach of this football team and you found out that he listened to NWA walking into the Los Angeles Coliseum. <laughs> Outside of that, all you knew is that he talked shit about the Raiders when him and his Giants used to beat the crap out of us in the Meadowlands. That's all yeah. you knew about Antonio Pierce before that. So anyways, all that said, but then once he emerged and we learned all this stuff about him, then we realized, well, Okay, well, that kind of guy, that Dan Campbell, Bob Sala, Jeff Ulbrich. Oh, here's Antonio Pierce. He's like those guys. So I think, again, that's another thing that we just like have glommed onto is Raider Nation. And even though there's an experience and a youth to his head coaching career, we're like, okay, that's the kind of guy we want to have in house, not this dead-eyed, fat-eared guy like Josh McDaniels is going to stand up at a podium and right. freaking, you know, dodge questions from Hondo. <laughs> Shut up, Hondo. No disrespect. Oh, my. Um, but uh, listen, I, look, I, we'll end it with this and then we'll get into some player stuff because I want to talk about that for sure. Okay. Um, I just, here's what I think. And I have, this is not any inside information. It's just me, my own theory. My own theory is, if you think about it, it was kind of odd. So, so you look at who's around that locker room as a coach. You have Patrick Graham, who doesn't have a lot of experience either, by the way, as a coordinator, only a few years. Uh, but he clearly, one of the, he, he fired the offensive coordinator who was just in, in name only, and that was uh, uh, Nick Lombardi. So you knew that it wasn't going to get the job. So then you think about Patrick Graham. He's a defensive coordinator, right? So you think, well, that, so no, he skipped him over. The reason I believe he skipped over Patrick Graham was because Antonio Pierce had a close relationship with the players. Players loved him. He was a confidant from them, from what he's told us publicly. Okay. And that's why they love him so much because they were already going to him. And so Mark Davis, I think here made a good choice because he said, you know what? We got to get through this season. We've been down this road before with Richard Passaccia, with the Gruden stuff. We need a guy who's going to even things out. And he's going to make sure the players are happy. We want to make sure we go back because this guy was alienating everybody and he was destroying everyone. And so to do that, we're going to bring, we're going to have Antonio. I'm going to name Antonio Pierce. It was a great move. Great move. And I think the right move overall. So we'll see where it goes. And to your point, we'll see at the end of the year what they do and what kind of candidates they have. Now, I think though, the one thing, and we've, we've talked about it because we've even had the t-shirt, the Irish cannon, all that stuff with always rooted for Aiden O'Connell to be successful. So the Raiders were, but he's not going to be the long-term. The, the Raiders have to get a quarterback in this draft. In my view, they got to get somebody young in there to come in, to compete with O'Connell. And then I think you go get a, a, a nice veteran, whoever that is to compete as well. So you have three guys in camp and you let them go. Whoever wins wins, right? Not bad. Uh, but I do think that that is glaring on this offense because the reason, some of the reason now the play calling, yes, but a lot of the reason why this offense has not succeeded is because of the quarterback position. You can't watch and tell me otherwise. Because, yes, when Josh Jacobs runs the ball, yeah, but they can't. No one is worrying about the Raiders burning them deep. 
No one's worrying about them throwing the ball all over the yard. They're just not. So with that said, Murph, I think the Raiders, yes, they need offensive line. They need defensive line. But in this draft, right now, they have the same record as the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears have the the, the Panthers pick, so they're going to pick first. But then the Raiders now, they were at 11. I'm going to guess they're probably now closer to 8 or 7, somewhere up there where they were last year, actually. And we'll see where they go from there. But if they are in the range to get one of those top two or three guys, I think you got to pull the trigger. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think there's a top five. I mean, when you look at, we've got obviously Caleb, Caleb Williams is everybody's, you know, that's the hot pick for Raider nation. Cause you know, so many Raider fans in Southern California, yeah. but we got Drake may we've got Bo Nix. We've got uh, Michael Penix, right? We've got, there's, there's five. You got okay, Daniels. Just, 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 say, just won the Heisman. Of course, we got a little bit of LSU quarterbacks, but, um, but you know, but there's, a, there's, a, listen, I'm with you. And I'm of the opinion, I've been saying this on Raiders fan radio uh, for a hot minute now. You swing on quarterbacks until yeah. you get one. You want to know why the Niners are the best team in the NFL right now? Because they hit a freaking lottery ticket on Brock Purdy. And I don't even say that was an entirely calculated move on their part. They mm-hmm. got lucky. But you know what? They got lucky enough and they had enough surrounding pieces in order to and, – and so now, they're again, they're, they're one of the best teams in football. But I'm of the opinion that – I, I like the idea of obviously you're not going to get rid of Aiden O'Connell, but I think they should draft a quarterback. I think in the high, the first run, first pick, just I, I'm of the opinion every NFL team should be just going for quarterbacks until you find one. Once you find one, then you can start to build out from there. That's got to be the way that that you, that you build a team. Not only do you, can you take advantage of the rookie wage scale, but you have to have a high level. A, you know, and a, I, don't know, I hate the word elite because everybody uses it, but an elite quarterback to be competitive in this league. Bottom line, and then and there's even talk about well, Champ Kelly's got a relationship with with Justin Fields back on his time when, when he was with the Bears. Yeah, bring him in too. Bring them all in. Bring. Let's have five quarterbacks going into camp and let them all battle it out. Like let's draft quarterbacks for the first three rounds. And I'm only being semi silly. Like yeah. for real. Like we've got to have a quarterback. Every team in the NFL has to have a quarterback. When you look at the the teams around the league, when you look at like the Buccaneers or you look at like the Colts, you look at if they had high level quarterbacks, they'd have badass football teams. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. But they yes. you, this. Whole idea of these like bridge quarterbacks, these like mid quarterbacks that they're bringing in, and oh, we're just going to try. No, man, yeah. I'm I'm firmly in that opinion. I'm trenched in the idea. Draft, draft, sign, go after QBs until you get one. And I'm not talking about 38 year old Brian Hoyer, who's you know freaking going to get to you know AARP before me for crying out loud. <laughs> And I'm already old as shit, but like, I'm sorry, Scott, it's old as crap, 
It's but right. like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about swinging on quarterbacks like that. I'm talking about young guys. Bring in young guys until you freaking find one and then start, you know, building your team and take off from there. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, they need to do it. Uh, I think we also saw, and hopefully Josh Jacobs is okay. We saw him leave with some sort of knee injury, which is not good. But we, Mo and I talked about this on our show last week, uh, Murph, which was the Raiders need to find that RB2, maybe RB1 if they don't sign Josh Jacobs after this season, which I don't think they will. If they don't, then they're going to have to draft there too, amongst other needs, interior defensive line, interior offensive line, as we saw tonight. Andre James down, went down with an injury too, which didn't help the situation uh, today as well with the with the Raiders. So yeah, they, they got a lot of needs, and I think that's the thing. I, what I wish for Raiders fans and for someone who has to cover the team is I would just like to see this team move the ball and make games interesting. Well, by, what I mean by that is no matter what the record is down the stretch, just show some progress. You know, show some some oomph, show some desire to win football games. Uh, both offensively, we've seen it defensively. I don't think there's any question the defense has heart. Even when they're not playing well, they're giving it its all. Uh, on offense, it just doesn't seem to be working. And I don't know, maybe this is just one of those things where you can't fix it until the offseason, until you get a new system in, you do something else different. Uh, but I, that's what I wish for fans. I just want people to be able to see it. And I want to be able to watch some good football. They have these games coming up, the Chargers, the Chiefs, of course, the Colts, who who took a big step back today, the, the Bengals beat them pretty badly, and then uh, the Broncos on the last game. Broncos won again. The Broncos are now seven and six, right? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, and the Colts losing. T- I mean, everything was lining up for us today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we need we needed Pittsburgh to lose on Thursday night, which they did. Shout out they the did. Patriots. Shout out MGM Sportsbook and the money line too, by the way. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot a lot of a lot of things were going in our favor, and then the Raiders freaking come out here and crap one up, which is what Raiders have done for to us since you know. I don't know, 2003, whatever the date in January was that we died to the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But anyways, um, but, uh, you know, can, can we just go back to a little bit of the, the team building part? Just real yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, please. Anybody that's not named Max Crosby. <laughs> bye. I mean, yeah. and that's and I I love Devontae Adams being a leader on our football team. I love Amik Robertson. I love Nate Hobbs. I love Divine Diablo. I love a lot of players. I love Colton Miller. There are a lot of players on this football team, Josh Jacobs, that I, as a fan, that I, I love. But if we can build draft capital, and, and if, as you said, if we're going to retain a guy mm-hmm. that has some youth in it, as a head coach, you know, not necessarily in age, but in terms of experience, we're going to retain a guy like that, and we're going to go through a quote rebuild again. And I know it's rough, Raider Nation, but you know what? What does Devontae Adams add to a team like that? I don't, I don't know. And and you know, when you look at a team like the Texans, who quickly turned it around once they got a decent quarterback in house, you know, is it impossible for for those things to happen? No. But also, when you look at a team like the Texans, what did they do? They acquired a crap ton of draft capital by trading Deshaun Watson, like, mm-hmm. and so. If you in which once upon a time we did that when we traded Cleo Mack, we just didn't do anything with it because unfortunately John Gruden, well, whatever, that's another story. You guys know where I'm going with that. That but if but it's that's how you build championship teams, that's how you build competitive teams. And so, Scott, in that spirit of swinging on quarterbacks and swinging on young quarterbacks until you find one, 
What's the best way to do that? And unfortunately, you gotta you gotta say goodbye to some folks. You gotta say goodbye to unfortunately Hunter Renfro. You might have to say goodbye to Devontae. And I'm not sitting here advocating for that Raider Nation. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the Raiders need to do any of that stuff. The jettison those players. And I understand the the draft uh, or excuse me the the um the dead cap ramifications. And I understand how all that stuff works. I'm just telling you that if if it's strategic for the Raiders and Champ Kelly calling these shots, is it going to make sense to acquire some draft capital by moving on some from from some folks? Because yep. the, what what difference have those players made to our win loss record this year? That's that's yeah. I'll just say it like that. And so those are not that they're not great players, but is that the defining factor between wins and losses? And unfortunately, right now it's no. So well, think- and, and and that's the thing too. And again, you know, everybody loves Devonte Adams. The story wanted to be a Raider, grew up a Raider fan. That's all great. At the end of the day, the the last thing you do as a football team, the last piece you put into place on offense is a receiver. Yeah, Josh McDaniels went the wrong way. He put the receiver first, and then now he's trying to build. And you can't do that. It doesn't work. Bill Walsh wrote about that actually in his book. You can you can right. see that too. You just don't build it it that way. It's nothing against him. Yeah, and freaking McDaniels did it twice. He did it with Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. Yes. I mean, completely reverse order. I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. So that that there's gonna be a lot, a lot of time to discuss all this stuff, but but clearly uh tonight's game, there wasn't a lot to talk about other than to to reaffirm somebody's uh worst nightmare as far as watching their team play football on a Sunday, because it was terrible. Uh, but we appreciate everybody being with us. And Murph, we always appreciate you being here. Of course, we uh, we talked, we got a $5. I got to go back to the Super Chats um, from our guys, Oakland Raider Trucker. Yeah, he's, hey. he's on the show. Yeah, $5 from him. And he says, hey, Murph, you woke up from your Facebook doldrums. So there you go, which was your picture you posted earlier today. Because you had some mimosas for breakfast. Yeah. We're zonked out waiting to watch the, the three o'clock game. And I wish we would have just That's stayed awesome. asleep. That's awesome. But tell everybody about the, the One Nation Foundation uh, again, as we do every show so that they can find you and help out and help out folks inside Raider Nation. Uh, thank you, Scott. Yeah, so the One Nation Foundation is our nonprofit. We formed it when we realized that we could make money with Raiders Fan Radio. It only took us 10 years to figure out we could actually make money with this stuff. And so uh, we decided we were going to give it all away to Raiders-related charities. So we give to uh, the Max Crosby Foundation, the newly formed. We gave to them just uh, recently. Uh, we've given to the Raider Dad folks who take underprivileged kids to Raider games and connect them with their parental figures and we also give to the Bolitnikoff Foundation which is taking young women at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse and not only taking them and removing them from those situations but offering offering them rehabilitative services uh, as as they get back acclimated into into life and so we just appreciate those Raiders charities so very very much and we'll continue to do that with every penny we make so whether that's with direct donations that's advertising uh, that we get from corporate sponsors like Manscaped uh, to merchandise sales or if you want to get so this is the Raiders fan radio uh that's the holiday shirt the Christmas uh, shirt there I'm showing there so if you want to get that you can just go to our website uh, Raiders fan radio hit the gear button and uh and that'll take you to our T public site and, and the good folks at T public uh give us some very generous kickbacks and we give all that money away through uh the One Nation Foundation to Raiders related charities and as always thank you Scott for the platform and thank you for your endorsement of the One Nation Foundation and and the the amazing support that you've given us over uh the, the past couple of years and look forward to 
what we're going to do in 2024. We got some big things, Raider Nation. I'm not a fan of teasers, but I'll tell you, we got some big stuff in the works uh, between Raiders Fan Radio and Silver and Black today, and most importantly, the One Nation Foundation, and that is 100% because of this man over here to my, what is my left, my right, whatever. It's my right, your left, if you're looking on the screen. It's because of Scott <laughs> Branson, and so we cannot thank him enough. And look forward to having Scott in studio in a couple of weeks. We'll see you yes. here on the my man. Yeah, we got to iron out the details, too, because I think what we'll do is we'll do like a crossover. I think we'll just do a show. I'll do your show, but then I'll probably just take your show with your permission and we'll put it on the Silver and Black uh, Today feed as well. We can we can do it. We can do if it simultaneously. Willing, if you're willing to accept yeah. that exposure, then heck yeah, we'll do that. Because <laughs> you know what kind of goofy ass stuff we do around here in the oh, family. Yeah. So we would, that, that would be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be the 20th, right? That's the 20th, Wednesday, yeah. the 20th. Absolutely. So yeah. We'll, sure be you- we'll be in hockey on the 19th, and then we'll see you here in the fan cave on the 20th. Oh, man, I can't wait. And also, make sure you go over and subscribe. If you don't already, I know a lot of you in the chat, because the names, like you get to recognize the names, uh, already do. But if you don't, go subscribe to Raiders Fan Radio as well and watch their live uh, on Wednesdays, which are fantastic. Just a great fun, great crew over there, and I can't wait to be down there. Murph, uh, hey, listen, uh, get some sleep tonight and um, just forget about what happened today, tomorrow. I just slept for four and a half hours. Now I got to go back to bed again. (laughs) Oh, that's too much. All right, my man. Well, thank you so much for being with us. All right, Scott. Let's go. Let's go beat the Chargers ass. (laughs) There you go. There is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate you guys uh, all being with us. And as I said earlier, too, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for the subscription. Also, the uh, hit the notifications bell. That way, you know, whenever we go live or we have a new video up. So we appreciate you doing that. Also, Mo and I will be back on Tuesday with our regular show. We'll break down the loss a little more and kind of the fallout. What happens now? Uh, listen, Raiders got four more games left. We'll see what they can do. It's it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for the offense. But the good thing is the defense is playing better. So you get to see some of these guys. Uh, And I was really shocked and surprised and happy that Tyree Wilson played so well tonight, as did Divine Diablo, continues to do well. And of course, Max Crosby, who is Mr. Raider at this point. So it's all good. Uh, Until next time, guys, thank you so much for being with us here on the live postgame show. And we will talk to everybody on Tuesday. Take care.